They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the Mad Madness Wrestling Podcast. It's your host this evening or morning, depending where you're at. Back to fly, Eric Trubicki. Here with my best friend, 40 Minute ATM. <laughs> Wait a minute. Halo <laughs> in the house. I was there for like two and a half hours. <laughs> That's the best part. So, to the listeners, we do apologize for our absence. Life comes at you fast. A lot going on. A lot of stuff outside of the wrestling world for us personally, whether it be uh, family stuff, career stuff, um, you know. Kids got sports these days, <laughs> and uh, work's changing, so we're just, you know, we had, had a little bit of uh, technical difficulties over here, but we're here to bring you kind of a, a wrestling recap from the Matt Madness. So we're here in the early stages of May, haven't been here much since uh, post-Mania. So speaking of Mania, we actually are coming off the tail end of WrestleMania Backlash, which uh, ended this past weekend. Aaron, did you get to... Check in on Backlash and your thoughts. Yeah, I, I watched it over the last three days, getting ready for work in the morning. It, it was a, a post-WrestleMania pay-per-view, to say the least. Uh, definitely a B-level pay-per-view. I didn't have a problem with it. I loved that it was only two hours and 50 minutes. It was only, I think I believe, six matches, so everything flowed pretty nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't a bunch of filler, but you already know what the filler matches that typically were, which was Lashley and Omos and... Um, Baron Corbin and that heater mag hat Moss. But I thought other than that, then I think some of the matches, specifically like Charlotte and Rhonda, that was actually better than their WrestleMania match. I don't think that was that great to begin with. I think Cody sure. and Rollins, that match was good, but I do prefer the WrestleMania match more because of the emotion and, and everything that was going on yeah. in the arena. So I do prefer that the match. The pageantry better. was there. Yeah, but this one, this one was good. It was it good. Was oh, good. yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I, I think the six man tag was excellent. I really do. I, I thought it was a great six man tag team match. They. Like, I'm all for the champion not wrestling every defending the title every month on a pay per view, because this is the first time it, there's a they did a main event tag team match since I believe No Way Out '07 during the Uncle Teddy days, and did it a few times in 2003 where the world champion just wrestled in a tag match, and they actually made this match important and progressed storylines because the whole McIntyre Reigns thing happened because of Sami Zayn instigating the situations, and then they actually got to show that feud, and I thought that feud actually got some legs going at, going into um, post-backlash. Re- post and then the only thing I'll disagree with, I thought RK-Bro and McIntyre should have won so they could, so McIntyre can kind of have a gripe to actually challenge Reigns in the future. And then Orton and well, RK-Bro will still unify the titles next month with the Usos. I believe that will be inside Hell in a Cell. And then, so RK-Bro doesn't take two straight losses because you have to assume that the Usos will end up being the ones that unified the tag though. That's my only grab with the pay-per-view, but if I had the rate, I'll give it a slobber knocker. Definitely a solid show, and like I said, six matches, easy to digest. Um, Six-man tag match of the night. Cody and Rollins, recommend watching it, and it was, a, it was a decent show for what it was. So my takeaway is definitely going to be, I guess, a little different. Um, I did enjoy the women's match, uh, and I think the match of the night to me, even though it wasn't as good as the Mania match, it's going to be the Co- Cody and Rollins match. Uh, I was thoroughly sports entertained during the match. Six-man tag, it might have been late at night. Um, I just I just really didn't care. 
Um, and I, I do agree with the sentiment that the championship doesn't have to be defended every show. Um, I just have a lot of issues with the booking of this. Um, the whole lead up that weeks in advance, Reigns tells the Usos, go get those tag titles, go get those tag titles. Here's a contract. We're going to sign this contract so you can unify the titles. And then Reigns rips up that contract. So this was all your idea. So my whole thing that weeks later, Reigns is shoving the contract down Riddle and Orton's mouth saying, no, 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 that ain't happening. This was your idea, bro. <laughs> Pun intended. Like, RK Bro didn't, like, come to SmackDown and say, hey, we want we want the blue straps. Like, the Usos were sent by the big dog. So the, the inconsistency, it, I lost all interest in this. Didn't care. I did not watch the match in its full um, – you know, full top to bottom. I was, you know, a little, little behind fast forwarding. I pretty much, you know, once I saw Reigns get a tag in the match, I watched, you know, a little bit here and there. Ooh, yawn, yawn, yawn. Uh, you know, milking a hangover from the day prior. <laughs> Got over to the finish. Reigns celebrating. Um, that's the show. I really, you know, Slobberknocker, I'm sure, you know, for, for a six-card B-level show, probably a low Slobberknocker is probably me being really, really polite. I'd almost job it out because I didn't care. Um, so I, I really can't give it too much emphasis. Um, I'm looking for, you know, hopefully you're right with your exact uh, fantasy booking there that we get RK Bro versus the Usos to actually unify the titles in inside Hell in the Cell. We talked about this months ago on the show. I wasn't a fan of them unifying the titles. I wasn't looking forward to them unifying the titles. But now you already put it in front of my face and teased it took it away now i want it now give it to me somebody unify the titles it should be the usos the usos are the greatest tag team in wwe and probably in modern wwe history you know it's obviously either them or new day and um you know with them being all you know different injuries going on and it's not being the three of them let's give Usos a couple more reigns and let's get them to be the first first guys in what since 2010 to hold two tag titles simultaneously in the fed yeah, and back to that six-man tag, like like I said, like there was one part that I did pop for because we're going to talk about Randy Orton a little bit later. But um, Cole, I got excited for this because I noticed Cole was calling the match, and then Cole even brought it up. So you know how Randy Orton does his uh, rope DDT, his second rope DDT, and Cole is like losing his shit. Talking about so, oh my god, I haven't said this in a long time, Vintage Orton. So I did pop for that, <laughs> but um, I. I do think that was a what good a mark. Yeah, what I did. Mark. I did think it was a good six man tag to actually build something off of. Now, it, now I agree like, that that whole thing was stupid about ripping up the contract. And I kind of would have thought like maybe you could be in backlash and the mark in me just put all the titles on the line in a six man tag like you did twenty one years ago. That's just the that's just the, the mark in me. But I do end up thinking that we'll get the Usos and um, RK Bro unifying the title inside Hell in a Cell next month. And I'm interested to see what they do with Drew because Drew lost this match and maybe Drew has to kind of build his way back up to get a title shot, especially with the reports that Roman's going to work a lighter schedule. I believe it said live events specifically, but we'll have to wait and see what they do with that because I think McIntyre has to kind of get on a journey to actually face Roman. But six-man tag is on match tonight. Awesome. Well, getting a little away from that, uh, another topic I did want to get into, uh, Roman Lesnar. I mean, uh, Roman Reigns is reportedly signed a new contract. Pretty much exactly what you're saying. He's going to be working lesser dates. 
Um, is there anything in, in these rumors? I didn't read too much into it. I kind of skimmed through it and really just read the headline and kind of just figured, you know, with what he's really done ever since this new turn, there's anyone in the company that deserves it. It's Roman Reigns. Uh, he's been a full-time wrestler with with New York since literally on the main roster nine years. Been with the company over 11 years, 12 years. So it's, it's definitely earned. Um, but do you have any gripes with this? If he's going to be, let's say we see him, what if he just starts working just pay-per-views? Oh, no. I don't or you not see that being the case. No, if he worked like a Lesnar schedule, at this point, with his title reign already being so long, I really won't have a problem with it. The only problem is what you do with the Usos and how do you keep them, how do you keep them relevant on TV, continuing the whole Bloodline storyline. Maybe they do just get the tag titles and, and, they, run, and they run with that. But... I don't have a problem with it at all because I, I still think, especially like especially now with McIntyre trying to build him up because, like I said, he lost that match. Well, he didn't get the pin, but they lost that backlash. So you kind of got to figure out what they're going to do with him going going forward to actually get the Roman because you got because you already know Roman versus McIntyre is the feud that they're setting up for for their next big event. I'm not sure because Money in the Bank is in the stadium this year, and then SummerSlam. SummerSlam is actually funny because SummerSlam is actually July 30th, I believe, this year. So it's interesting to see what they're going to do because one of those stadium shows is going to be Roman and McIntyre. Yeah, it's kind of crazy when you think about it. Um... You, you almost know in WWE, you figure Uso's going to win the tag titles, and then while they have all the tag belts, uh, McIntyre will beat them in a handicap. <laughs> oh, God, I hate that so much. So real quick, because I kind of, and again, I was fast-forwarding through Backlash, but I heard, did Cody do, was it Orn Backlash? Was there an advertisement he did for it? Well, they, they, it's the actual Money in the Bank commercial. So he said, "With the, okay. now see, you know how I am. I read between, like I'm listening to listening to exact words. So in the promo, he says, well, in the commercial, he says, you can win a chance to main event in WrestleMania. Now, when he says that, you have, you can, with, if you have the briefcase, you have the opportunity to cash in at WrestleMania, of course. But a lot of people are trying to speculate that they're trying to switch around. They're going to ununify the world titles and, and basically have Money in the Bank be like the new Royal Rumble. But you know what? You you kind of get what I'm saying with that, mm-hmm. but I kind of but like technically you can main event WrestleMania with Money in the Bank, and it's interesting that Cody's the one that say that. So now at this point, I don't think he should be the one to win Money in the Bank because he's the one actually clarifying. Say, was it? He's the one saying that. So I don't I don't think he should win Money in the Bank just because of that reason. Yeah, and honestly, I think if you know if he's gonna win the big one, if he's gonna be winning a WWE World Title, I would love to see it. Whether it, doesn't even necessarily be the Royal Rumble, but just several wins, several wins, several wins. I am calling my shot. I want a shot at the title, and I want, want you know just straight up have that match. It doesn't need to be a cash in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, like like we talked about this when he on um, the night of WrestleMania, we the show at the WrestleMania. I think I these were the two options of him winning Money in the Bank or uh, winning the Royal Rumble. Now he lost the well, he he beat Seth, which I did think was a smart way to beat Seth. I thought he would have lost because I still think, because it's, it's clear they're going to get a match at Hell in a Cell. I think Seth does win that. Now, if Seth wins that, that kind of puts Cody in contention to actually win the money in the bank because at this point, you can't have, like, this is the thing, you can't mess Cody up. You can't have, just have keep Cody keep winning matches. He just can't because mm-hmm. now he's beat Seth yeah. twice. So now, like, a Hell in a Cell, WWE's booking, this is what they kind of do. If you beat somebody so many times, there's no reason if you beat somebody, somebody so many times. There's no reason to keep going. So at this point, is there really a need for Rollins to keep going after he beat him twice, even though he did cheat? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's uh, yeah. That's why I almost kind of, like 
yeah, I know. I know Cody's kind of in that place where he wants to do all these crazy matches and crazy spots, so I could see him putting himself, you know, getting into another Hell in a Cell match. I'm not really sure where they're going to be running with this. Speaking of, speaking of, while we're on the topic of Cody Rhodes, one of the hottest topics and much, much more entertaining than a WrestleMania backlash, recently added to the cock, Broken Skull Sessions, Stone Cold Steve Austin had on the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes for over an hour of entertaining content. Um, it is one of those. There's a few of those. I know the Jericho one I've watched three times at least, um, or at least had it in the background, maybe even played more of that. Um, I plan on rewatching the Cody one because I was, I was a little tired again when I uh, first watched it. Um, definitely have some great takeaways from it. Did you get a chance to listen or, or watch it yet? Oh, yeah, definitely. It was excellent. Thoughts? Oh, I excellent. Thought, so yeah. you yeah, I thought it was excellent, and I thought of you when I was watching this because, well, one, this is his first real interview since le- leaving AEW, and this is kind of like the first interview where he kind of goes through the errors of Cody Rhodes, and this that that's why I thought of yeah. you because you weren't watching at the time, and you always yeah you always knew I was a Cody guy before you ever were mm-hmm. until he got released, so now you kind of got yeah. to see where. I became a Cody guy. So he talked about that da- um, when Legacy broke up. And he talked about his struggles with the dashing thing. Because when he first... That got- debut match. That debut match, you could almost use the Elite 91 Require for a custom. <laughs> you can. Oh, it was bad. Yeah. Sorry so, to cut you off. Yeah. So, like, in between that uh, Legacy... Um, the Legacy and the the dashing part, right after Legacy was about to split, Cody talked about on uh, Colt Cabana's podcast when he first got released... And you would actually, you could actually see this if you ever go back and rewatch it. He always talked about how he always viewed Ted, Ted DiBiase Jr. as the breakout guy. He thought the office was behind him because back in 2010, when Legacy did split, DiBiase was the one who got the push first ahead of Cody. Did they um, brought Virgil back with him? With uh, DiBiase, they gave him the million dollar title. They put him over Reese. He was sem- semi main event on Raw for a few months, and then later on, dashing became a thing. And then Cody becomes the tag champions with Gat- with McIntyre for a little bit, and then early 2011 when you get the nose thing. And the nose thing is what really put me over the top for Cody Rhodes because I thought that whole this, this whole this um, undashing Cody Rhodes thing was great, which led to him becoming the Intercontinental Champion, so forth, so on, so forth. But I thought I, I loved him talking about all the different eras of himself, and then. The one good thing that about we always say about WWE doesn't care about AEW, so they're not they'll let them talk about it. They don't care. So Austin asks him what what happened with AEW, and I'm not sure if I'm, I know I've said this way. I'm not sure if you and Dan felt this way when we talked about it, but we cut. I know I said that he cut AEW kind of outgrew him a little, to an extent, especially with as as big as the roster actually got. And his explanation one, one of his explanations was he felt that AEW was his baby. And it grew up, or or the ba- or was it the baby that that didn't need him anymore? He talked he talked about that, and he talked about he came back to win the world title, and then he didn't say anything bad about anybody. It, it was just mm-hmm. business, and I did appreciate all the transparency when it came to that. Definitely an interview I, I highly recommend watching, and it's one of the best Cody interviews. Especially if you're a Cody fan and, and you need to kind of like get up to speed with him. Because yeah. as you're saying, there was you know I obviously uh, you know late 2010, early 2011, um, was seeing some of that mid-card stuff, some of that post-legacy stuff he was doing. and um, But it was one of those things. It was lower on the card. I didn't know who this was. I was like, oh, it's Goldust's little brother. It didn't really get into me. And literally, the thing that first popped me is, whoa, he's changing the intercontinental strap. And I remember, like, 
you know, getting back into the product. Like, all the belts are the same, except the tag. Y'all have two beautiful tags that are gone, and we got these hideous things. And then he brought back that beautiful white uh, Intercontinental title. So um, my only one thing, just a little tidbit uh, disagreeing with you, this actually really isn't his first interview uh, post-AEW. So there there was a, a few little things, like tidbits, as far as like uh, when he brought up the um, – when Austin went over everything in AEW with them, which there was a lot of stuff that that was cool. Like I, I love some of the pictures, like they showed from the Long Beach show, that the New Japan show, and um, Cody's brought this up in interviews for years, where there's this great moment, and he calls him he calls Austin Batman, where Austin comes up, and sees him in a parking. Oh, lot, yeah, that was great. <laughs> and then when all the when all the Japanese superstars are coming, he's just like, "Hey, kid, have a good one." It just he disappears, and he's literally he's like, "You took five faces and." Uh, I love it because I literally just rewatched him telling that story days prior. So to hear him say it to Austin's face and see Austin appreciate the flattering comments was awesome. Um, the one thing, and you know, I appreciate about Cody, he does, um, you know, he nitpicks himself on mm-hmm. stuff he he does regret. He doesn't come at or say anything discouraging about anyone from the AEW run. He does pretty much knock himself for. Um, booking himself into what he thinks he was, he thought he was being mature, but he thinks if anything, he was immature and discredited himself. He said he calls himself the best wrestler in the world. He believes today he is the best wrestler in the world. If you go over the reactions he gets, his in-ring performance, the character, everything matched into one, his brain for the business, he's the best. And I respect him for feeling that passionate about himself. Um, However, he was thinking, you know, he's like, well, at 33, I wasn't ready to still be the best wrestler in the world and book and produce and do all this. And meanwhile, trying to keep my friends and peers happy and not overbook myself. He's like, I should have never booked myself in an angle where I can't compete for the world championship. And then after he did everything he did, and then, you know, I love he brought up the meme. He's yeah, like, I I that, that, that was my next I thing. I, I legit, I I legit laughed out loud when I heard that. I was like, because that, that, that's the, that's the, that was the formula for a mm-hmm. long time. Yeah. So I definitely really appreciate that. Um, and, you know, my, my three big takeaways, I, I loved and appreciate, I loved and appreciate them talking about AEW. And somewhat more importantly, all in. Um, you know, it was one of those things, you know, <laughs> all hung over in Chicago, losing my all-in shirts at the event. And I have the all-in tattoo. And I've always thought because of the good encounters I've had with Cody, like one day I'm going to see him, I'm like, yo, you know, just, just remember, hey, I was there and like point out. And like whether whether it be, you know, 10 years from now at a convention or four years from now and he's a three-time WWE champion, I know he'll pop for something like that. So it's still cool to see how fond he is about all that time. Um, and, of course, right around this time when he's talking, and I love he just, you know, there, there's a great still image I saved on my phone of him. He's he's not being bashful. He wants to be WWE champion. And, hey, maybe, maybe, maybe if he could, you know, make magic happen like he did 10 years ago and resurrect a world championship, he points out to Austin, and look, you have it right there, the winged eagle. And, he, you know, Austin set with the three world titles he held. He's pointing out to the the Winged Eagle Championship, which super cool to me. I love I love that he's not shy. I, it's, it's so good for this character, assuming that we, you know, we get what we want. And 
what we deserve to be the climax in the story of him becoming a world champion. I love that he's also acknowledging these other belts. You know, we're not allowed to talk about belts in WWE. I love he's do- he's going against all the little proxies he's not supposed to, which I hope doesn't bite him in the ass. My one nitpick. I almost want to call him a liar. The Broken Skull IPA has been around for over six years. It's been <laughs> almost nationwide for two years. Still not in Delaware. He's never, he's never Is it in Georgia? Until- we'll, have to look, we'll have to look that up. Is it in Georgia? We'll have to look that yeah, up. That's a great question. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's in Florida and Jacksonville. Like, I, like he never had it. So I, I almost wanted all – like, I feel like Austin was looking at him sideways. I get it. He hasn't had the American Lager, which has been out for two months. But you haven't had the IPA. Goddamn. Like, you ain't my goddamn IPA. That was disappointing. But. Yeah, I, I, really, I really did enjoy that interview. Like, it really made me smile. I, th- I, thought, it was, I thought it was a lot of fun. And like I said, like I said, the meme thing made me laugh out loud. And um, like you said, not not being bashful of anybody. And everybody's mm-hmm. always looking for tea nowadays. But I really did enjoy the interview. Thank you. Um, well, again, we you know one thing we both mentioned, and you know, hats off to Cody for being again so mature. He's do, you know, um, he had his while in AEW, he had his jabs at WWE, but they were all well intended, and it was for the right reasons. But now, present day, he's in WWE, and he's speaking fondly about his time in AEW. Um, a hot thing going on in AEW right now, we are on the road to double or nothing. We've got the world title match, and we will be previewing this in the coming weeks and give our predictions. But I'm just going to rattle off. We do have Men's World Championship. It will be CM Punk challenging Adam Page. We will have Thunder Rosa defending against Serena Deeb. There is going to be a litany of more matches, and again, we will get them into the coming weeks. But the finals of both the men's and women's Owen Hart Memorial tournaments uh, will be concluding. Um, the brackets are full. Eight, well, technically full. Seven competitors with one Joker in each tournament. The Jokers will be revealed next week. We had uh, some first round matches right now. Um, just kind of early speculation, and I just want to give my thoughts because I've been loving the build-up to this. And again, you know, I've had my hiatus from wrestling, so maybe you can remember sometime where WWE, and I know they've done, like, little things here and there where, like, sometimes you got to qualify to be in an elimination chamber and stuff like that. They just do that for a couple-week build-up. But I absolutely love that you literally, again, except for two Jokers, we had, so we had seven banger matches to get people to qualify to be in this some really good qualifying matches. Like, and I, a lot of these matches, like FTR facing each other, people are going to go down talking about that match for years and years and years to come. And I don't know any time WWE, and again, I'm not just trying to come at WWE, I don't know of any time there's a tournament in WCW or ECW, maybe NWA, where somebody can tell me about one. Please, listeners, r- write us. Cuss me out on social media. Tell me the time there was a qualifying match to get in a tournament that were as good as these ones that we've been getting in AEW for these Owen Hart tournament. With that being said, I just wanted to see if you had any thoughts you wanted to give about the tournament and any hopeful speculation on who you would like to see win slash or who you could see winning it. Well, I haven't brushed up on all my AEW stuff. I do have a question when we're done with this whole Owen Hart Cup thing. But as far as the men, is, is Dax still in this? Or is he eliminated? Dax did get a elim- He got eliminated today by Adam Cole in a very, very good match. They... They almost, almost did it perfectly. And 
Dax needed color tonight. They almost did. Or they almost paid homage to the Mania 13 spot with Austin and Brett, oh, really? but he didn't pass out. He he tapped and there was no blood, but it, it looked like it. And it it was so perfect. Brett Brett with the long, Cole with the long hair like Brett. Um, you know, <laughs> Dax is there in the the short trunks and he's bald head. And he had the Bret Hart uh, style boots today. The you know George Concord 11 looking ones. Oh, uh-huh. okay. So um, who el- who else is was in it right Dax now? Kind of your thought. Yeah, Dax was my thought because especially with all the Brett love recently that, mm-hmm. that's been going on on social media, Dax was my thought of who would win. So I was thinking he was going to get farther. I was thinking he would kind of could go down to be the last guy. So again, keep in mind there's uh, a Joker that we don't we don't know who that is, and then I haven't seen the main event. Uh, the main event was just starting before we went on the air. So we have Jeff Hardy and Darby Allen in a. No DQ match going on. That was the main event. Um, so technically, you know, one of these guys aren't in there, but um, there's a random. There's a Ring of Honor television champion, Samoa Joe. There's Jeff. There's Darby. Yeah, yeah, I should have pulled these brackets up ahead of time. Who else is one of these? Do, 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 do. Um, as far as in the women's, uh, Jamie Hader did lose to Tony Storm earlier. Tony Storm was looking good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I thought she was at Michelle's party this week. Yikes! <laughs> You've seen her entrance. You, if you know, you know. Well, Mickey James was there. Um, so. Oh man, <laughs> he is not missing. Um, Halo don't miss. Yeah, I'm not having the easiest time pulling up. There's quarter five. Uh, Ruby Soho versus Riho on Friday. Yeah, so I don't really have a good bracket. I don't want to leave too much airtime on it. But, um, you know, I guess I feel like Adam Cole. I feel like Adam Cole is kind of like my early say on it. But if you haven't really seen it, much matches. Um, and then the women's, I would like to I would like to see Tony Storm win. Um, but, again, I, re- I really have been enjoying the matches in general. I-, I love that they've been putting on these entertaining-ass matches just to get in this tournament. Um, and I'm going to be more prepared next week. We're actually going to open the show next week talking about the Owen Hart tournament just so I can give it a uh, make-up for uh, the poor discussion this evening. Is um, th- Did anything else happen with Hangman and Punk? Is Hangman heel now? No, they're they're – so today was nice because – Hangman, you know, he didn't appreciate how the crowd treated him last week, and he's coming from the heart. Um, it was kind of a dope response. Um, Punk, Punk played the hell out of the crowd tonight. Punk came out in a New York Islanders jersey, which is a little interesting because a couple segments later, MJF comes out in oh, a yeah, I did Islanders see that. jersey as well. So Punk comes out, and literally he doesn't even get to the ramp. He's on the stage, and he has them cut the music. When the music went off, the crowd was cheering for him. But when it cut, they slowly – they're stopping. They're stopping. They're stopping. And he's coming, and he's he's smiling at the booth, smiling at the booth. John Silver come out. He's, you know, hometown boy. He's getting the roar. The match is starting. They're about to lock – they're locking up. They're in the corner, and it, you know, it's chanting, CM Punk, Johnny Hungy, CM Punk, Johnny Hungy. Punk backs up, rolls out of the ring, has them boo him, gets back in the match. Hmm. Hangman confronts him after the match. Hangman gets babyface eruption. Punk asks, after giving a speech about this is business, this is not personal, goes to shake his hand. 
Hangman just drops the bird in his face, and then he gets the babyface cheer while he leaves. Hmm. So this stuff, big so far right now, it's very tweener. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to this match. Um, man, I don't know. Uh, I almost feel like it's like, how do you not put the belt on Punk the first time he challenges for it? But at the same time, it's the first time he challenges for it. He doesn't need to win it. Uh, and it'll be a huge win for Hangman. Yeah, that, that's why I was asking because if Hangman actually turned heel, I think Hangman would win the match because you have, you have to have a reason to turn heel. And to justify True. a heel turn, you have to win. So I, I, and I would think that would prolong it to all out. True. If he, if he well, was turning heel. Also, I, and at the same time, there's other ways, like, you know, he could have heel tactics, but I mean, if he could, like, I don't know, maybe if he gets a heater or a manager or somebody does some dirt for him during the match, it would be a good way for him to roll into it. Oh, speaking of uh, a manager type role, oh my God, Mark Sterling is underrated. <laughs> you just now um, seeing this? I was sold I, after the MJF I, promos. Well, uh, was it last year or two years ago? Now, about two years ago, um, I was always entertained. I was always a fan. I've always appreciated everything he did for the major pod. Um, I appreciated the merch. I appreciated the vlogs. Uh, I appreciated his work with MJF. I love him with the goddess Jade Cargill. But him with my boy House of Hardcore <laughs> alumni Tony Nice. Tony Nese demolished and squashed Dan Housen in his AEW debut match on Dynamite. And it was a mix of Bill Alfonso and Jimmy Hart performance of bouncing over the ring, yelling with the mic, talking about how good Tony Nese was. So he put Nese over just to shortly after have to go out there and get powerbombed by Wardlow in an MJF segment. He is a gem, and I was thinking he was so good even before the, he had to take the powerbomb, but <laughs> shout out to him. So that's that wraps it up for pretty much with the Dynamite Talk, and you know we're a little caught off, been out for a couple weeks. Listeners, shoot us in some questions for next week, but while we're off of the topics, figure it wouldn't be the Mad Madness Wrestling Podcast if we didn't talk about merch and any recent pickups. Baylo, talk to me. Yeah, so la- last week we didn't, or we had a scheduling conflict, so I want I don't have it with me, but I, I, I thank you. So I couldn't um I didn't bring it with me today, but I couldn't wait to show you because you don't you know I'm a mark for um old school vintage shirts, and I saw it on her, on an Instagram story, and I'm like, where where the hell did they get this from? I need it right now, and. I, kept, I did some homework. I was about to text you guys. Where the hell can I get this shirt? Because I thought it was a boot, but it actually wasn't. And that's the uh, Britt Baker all over print ah, t-shirt. Because yeah. I, th- I thought it was a boot. Boot. And then the funny thing is. From Wrestling Crave Vibes. Yeah, I know. So once I found out that it was um, findable, I just went on eBay. They were inexpensive because after she wore it on TV, people wanted more money. So I only paid 25 bucks for it. So I, I did get mm-hmm. that. Um, love the shirt. I got. I posted a picture of the side by side of her, her all over print with the Michael all over print on, on social media recently. Love, love, love that shirt. Um, and then funny thing was the when I talked. I talked about boots. One, my one of the boot guys I know, he posted a version of a Britt Baker boot um, all over print that he may release during Double or Nothing with, with, in Pittsburgh colors, which is great too. Love it. And then uh, also. Um, 
we, last time we were here, we talked about we were almost halfway through the year, and I told them I I specifically said about figures. We, nothing really came in for figure of the year conversation wise for me yet. We knew it was on the horizon, but they weren't in our hands yet. But that has changed in the last three weeks. So um, I got this from you. I finally got it from you. The Edge Chase I talked about. The Red Chase. I just noticed. You think you know me? Uh, I just noticed mine does have a factory flaw. I'm missing half the logo on his boot. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I, just, I just noticed that over here. And also that you know that I did find the Ultimate Batista. Hey. I did find that. Love this figure. Definitely going to be in the top 10 conversation. And this one, um, using promo code MMADNESS, save 10% off your order, in the damaged section. Oh wow, <laughs> that's good work. This is awesome, and like, like, I, and when I say the damage section, saw- I'm saying there was nothing wrong with this box, <laughs> and I'm a loose, loose guy anyway. But this, this I is, love when the homies win. This is awesome. Like, I, I can't say enough. Like, this is really, really good. This might be the best Hogan that they they actually ever made. Like he's he's like he's blacker than me, but. This is really good. Like, when you put it side by side with the NWO one, it's night and day, literally. But um, yeah, this is awesome, and I can't wait to pose them next to Mean Gene and do some figure photography whenever I whenever I get the opportunity to. Uh, I I need that ASAP. Yeah. I still need the uh, the Amazon Hogan. Mine still says it's coming in August. Yeah, mine too. And then uh, I got an alert about homage. Homage should be here at the, at the, at the end of the month. Uh, I'm up and down with that oh, one. Because, like, I don't like the facial expression. I think he looks like Silas Young a lot in those pictures. In the, wow. His, those heads. The, the best head from what I've seen everybody post is the um, the screaming one with that one. So, I'm interested to see how that looks. And then also, like, I don't have the DX Sean that goes with it anymore. The Walgreens one, I don't have that, I don't have that anymore. So, you have to assume that they'll come up. You have to assume they'll come up with another one to match that one. But Open practice. But that 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 should be here at the end of the month, and I don't have like I, said, I don't have the show with me, and that is all I have. So with that being said, I have a few pickups. I'm gonna take a quick ten second hiatus because I don't think I told you about my big boy one, but maybe I did. I don't think so. So, as I mentioned earlier, I love when the homies win. I'm saying that because uh, while still recording, uh, Richie, Richie did give me overpay me five dollars on a shoe today. I was like, oh, it's overpay. He's like, well, I actually made a killing off a shoe I bought off you recently, so I figured I owed you extra five. I guess that was somewhat decent of him. <laughs> um, all right, little figure related as you know, I just waved in the camera. I did also get the Edge Chase. Um. Brought this figure up earlier. The mom the cut. Elite 91 flare. I don't know why I thought this was coming with green trunks like the basic did. I love this figure. Um, it may very well be flare's last elite. Who knows? Um, if it is, great ending. Um, I almost, this is one like, I had a bunch of his stuff mock. I sold all of them. I wish I kept the GameStop exclusive mock. I have my signed defining moments, but that's. Um, you know, the 
his first defining moments, the the black robe. Um, signed with a Sharpie uh, with, you know, proof of authenticity of the signature. I would like to get one with a paint pen, so this might be the one I would want. I don't know. I don't know if I'm a fan of the ultimate sign. They look Speaking weird. Of, uh, yeah, it, you know, the extra hands. Speaking of signed figures, when I found a couple months ago, I think I talked about it on the show. I found the Walmart Sting in the wild. The box was so 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 minty, and it was the first of the three stings I found. So um, when I was going to the beach two weeks ago, I stopped by, saw the homie Dwayne at their action figures. Actually, he wasn't even there. So um, they had these for retail there. So I was like, you know what? Let me just buy another one. I could always flip that one at any point if I wanted to. Let me just get one since it's for retail. Uh, happy to have this loose. Um, the regular version I've opened, and I don't think I even took it out the room. I think I just threw it in a bag and tucked it away. So it was cool to kind of see what they're actually like in person. Um, I did pick up a few more Legends because they were hitting for sale. So for $6, I got a Cowboy Bob just because it – I bought the the pipe, um, the Mr. T with the boxing gloves and, and the Piper. So I figured since they had had the boxing gloves and I sold my Legends Sporting, it was good to have. Um, Alexa Bliss Ultimate, grab that at retail. Did you open? You didn't, you didn't open it yet, did you? I haven't. I got a bunch of figures over here. I've been needing to open. That um, that one's really good. That one is really good. It, uh, it's a bitch to put that, I believe, the dress on or the shirt. Okay. One, but that that's really good. Yeah, I um, I'm I'm looking forward to opening that one. I haven't seen the Bray. I actually saw it, their action figures. They have, but Ringside dropped cheap too. The the first Ultimate Bray is like retail on Ringside, and they had it there for twenty five bucks. So did you have that um, one? I had the first one. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I haven't seen the new one at all. Um, this one's gonna pop the boys in a couple ways. Speaking of boots, this shirt's amazing. Love this shirt. Uh, haven't opened it, but cannot wait to wear oh, this. The ECW. This is the ECW. Uh, Scott Hall, Killing Me Softly, Lone Wolf. But I kind of snapped. I love this shirt. This is like the traditional wrestling style t-shirt they're using these days, the thicker cut ones. Uh, probably on an all-style shirt. So this is a, you know, you wash it. This is a hang dry. These boys will shrink. Oh, yes. I'm more a, you know, for the, for the regular listeners, your boy ain't ain't drinking during this episode. This is a rare occurrence. <laughs> you know, the way this gut's been fluctuating, I had to do something a little goofy. I bought two of the shirts. I bought a medium and a large. It depends how I'm feeling that day. You get, you get a, so, you, don't worry. In life, you'll get a wear out of both. In this life, I will get a wear out of both. Did, did Richie tell you how he uh, uh how he's doing me for, for this Undertaker what, shirt? No, he told me about some other stuff you guys are working on. No, uh, I want to because your boy, your boy gained a couple lbs in over four years. So, <laughs> so there's an Undertaker Tombstone shirt that I have. I had it for like since 2017, and it was a large. And when I got it, it was a perfect fit. So he bought a lot of wrestling shirts from this lot, and I and he and I saw that shirt in the lot. So I asked him, "Could we do a size swap?" But on his, because there's two, there's a few, there's two different versions of the shirt. His version has the block logo at the bottom. Mine has the scratch logo. So he's going to tax oh. me a little bit because of this because of this logo during our during our quote unquote swap. 
I know how I feel, but are you surprised? I'm not. I I, I know okay. it. I knew it. And then also, speaking of shirt, I forgot to bring this up. I don't have this with me either. But um, speaking of a boot, I got this. Um, I'm not sure if you can see it. I posted it on social media, so you've probably seen this. I did see that. That is a fire shirt. Yeah, the um, WrestleMania 10 IC title ladder match spinoff of the IC title um, match between Brett and Bulldog from 92, Summer, or the, not, SummerSlam 90. 92. Okay, 92. Okay. Yeah, so I got that as well. Awesome. Um, well, you know, I, I hoping after this, this is something, you know, I've been putting off for years. Um, plan on toning down, you know, I'm going to try to tone down on the figs a little bit. Probably won't happen. Hopefully it does. I might even work on a little minor purge myself, but we're going to see how everything goes over the next couple of weeks before I run it back. Hopefully it's not necessary. Um, when the pandemic hit, I did liquidate, sold off about five or six replica belts. Got one in 2020, randomly, but that was while getting rid of five. Last year, I treated myself, JB Toys, shout out, I got the IWGP US title. This year has been a little wonky. I got a WWE Shop Modern Day Hardcore Championship. I got, well, I won, oh, and then I got a FanDu Big Gold, which we've talked about. However, in my possession, I got the Holy Grail. My holiest grail. Fig Zinc. Oh, that. You, okay. WWF. I thought you showed. No, no I, I saw it when I came over. I, you didn't just talk you about saw it. it, the show. You saw it. Yeah. Um, WWF Smoky Skull replica. Um, shout out to the Heels, Heels and Hero Championship Belt Group on Facebook. Uh, it's actually a female who runs a group. She's super cool and crazy knowledgeable about belts. I think she's like dramatically younger than us. Really? And. I put over myself on the show. I know my shit on belts. Like, I sometimes you almost think I'm only watching wrestling just to kind of get some history on the belts. She knows some shit. She's actually how I found out that there was a one night, um, or maybe it was a weekend. I think it was a pay per view Raw, and then it was going the next week where there was a spinner that had a blue backing. Oh, you did bring it up in um, the group yeah. text a few weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. So um, I got this from her. Uh, I was talking to her, you know, like a year ago, I talked to her about a WWF light heavyweight, and it was real beat. <laughs> you, okay, I'm about to say, you need that. I, I, I think you need it. For, for the ones we put over that light heavyweight, I think you need it. It, it might not be One red back. leather, but I think I would yeah. think you need it. There there could be a day for that. Um, but however, now, I, you know, I did just mention I have a WWF, I have WWE hardcore. I have a modern day shop. I have a Fig Zinc European I've had for six years, one signed by Sean. Um, however, the thing I love is, as a kid, I had three adult-sized replicas. A WWF hardcore title, kid-sized replica. A WWF European, kid-sized replica. I, European is gone. No one knows what it is. It's like all the missing ring-used belts that have gone missing over the years. Uh, but however... Valentina owns my hardcore title, and as a gift a couple months ago, I gave her my kid-sized WWF Smoking Skull Championship, and she absolutely loves it. So, I'm going to go back on a hiatus from buying belts. I do have a custom belt coming in probably in about a month or so that I won in a raffle. But aside from that, uh, probably the last thing of replica belts I'll, I'll be mentioning on a show in a while. However, when I'm back on my drinking binges or an air... Don't be surprised if this thing makes a debut back in the camera. Fig Zinc, uh, Deluxe WWF 
smoking skull this don't get much better than this yeah so i can't think of a better way to end the show high note i got my holy grail i got my baby back shout out to our truth i got my baby back this weekend i was with balo we were out there acting a fool maybe i just was he was there he witnessed remember it. i was there for 40 minutes so so as we just wrapped it up, we talked about some merch. You go to ringside.com, ringsidecollectibleswrestlingfigures.com. Use code MMANIS to save yourself 10%. In the meantime and in between time, this is my best friend, Baylo, myself, X2Fly. And we will be back right here next week. Talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they hop on the top rope by the land with his elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist the Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again, fans mocking man. Man, I hate my balls, shut the Vince McMahon. It ain't safe to land, off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome well. What I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.